My three and a half year old loves sandboxes. A sandbox for him can be a place to dig, a place to let water flow, a home for dinosaurs. Basically what the sandbox is and becomes is only limited by his imagination. Jess Pilsner, our guest today, recently described Minecraft as a sandbox game. Like sandboxes, she said, Minecraft requires creativity. And that's what Jess will be talking with us about today, creativity and learning with Minecraft. Welcome to Teach Talks, a podcast from your friends at Teaching Channel. I'm Paul O, and I'm thrilled to welcome Jess onto the program. Jess is a 6th through 10th grade teacher at Renton Prep in Renton, Washington, a Minecraft global mentor, and a Microsoft innovative educator expert. Welcome, Jess. Thank you for having me. I love the sandbox analogy. It's something I got to know more as I began researching game-based learning, and it's a gamer term relating to the type of game it is and the style of play within it, but I find it a really great way to describe Minecraft to new teachers so that they see it um, more as a game full of potential rather than overwhelming. I've gotten to enjoy this year teaching the middle school and high school students. I've also worked with elementary students at the third grade level as well, and this is our first year implementing Minecraft in grades one through high school. So it's been a really exciting year of seeing the different ways that teachers have been creative and more importantly, how the students have been creative with Minecraft as well. That's awesome. So I wanna dive in to talk about creativity, but first um, let's go back to the, the sandbox idea. And I'm wondering if there's anything more that you wanna say about that. I, I feel like I was really picking up on this idea of sandboxes and what sandboxes represent in terms of creativity and potential based on, on your own words. So I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit more about that. I think what stands out about it to me is that element of play that it brings. It reminds you of a time when play was easily identified as something important in your daily life. And as we get older, we still play, but we tend not either not to um, identify what we're doing as playing, or maybe we do push it aside. And there's a lot of learning that happens in play that can be continued even as adults. And it reminds me of just the creativity that kids have, even when um, they're not thinking, all right, I'm gonna be creative now, that it's a part of who we are. It makes us human. It helps us to grow. It helps us to innovate. It's the way that we take what we're passionate about and create something to help others, to help the world. Yeah, and it's so interesting to me too, when, again, going back to my three and a half year old, when I see him in the sandbox, the sandbox can represent so many different things and almost on a daily basis, it represents a different thing. So it's, it's that notion of play and then it seems like it's very fluid play, uh, which I think is really fascinating. And the other thing that I think is interesting about sandboxes, and I wonder if this is true from your perspective in teaching with Minecraft, is just the degree to which what happens in the sandbox, uh, there's a social dimension to it because my kid is almost never alone in the sandbox at his preschool. And there's also this interest-driven nature to, to what he's doing. Uh, he, um, you know, it's, people are not imposing rules on him in terms of, of what to build in the sandbox, at least at his preschool. He's, he's really directing the, the, the sort of um, the, the creativity and, and the, the, the type of work, um, if you want to call it that, that he's engaging in. Yeah, I think you, um, something I noticed in the story of 
you know, he's not usually alone. And it's not the teachers that are there saying, all right, let's build this. It's the student or the kids themselves that maybe it's that one student saying, all right, let's build this together. Or one kid in the sandbox sees, oh, that's really cool. I want to learn how to do that too. And they naturally start teaching each other and become mentors to each other. And ideally, that's what you want to make in the classroom where you have the students collaborating, creating, um, defining those new ideas. They learn more that way and they take ownership over what they've created. And it's very similar to that simple, not simple, actually very complex and high level thinking play that you see um, just out in the sandbox or out on the beach if you were lucky enough to live somewhere warm. Great. And uh, you started down this path, but uh, I'm really curious uh, for your teaching practice, why does creativity matter so much? An excellent question. When I was thinking about why is it so important knowing that I'd be talking about it, my mind went in kind of two different directions. One, how creativity helps us explore in the here and now as we're learning in school, but also the skill that they're going to need in the future. So in the here and now as we're learning together in the classroom, I see how creativity helps us explore whatever content, whether it's we're focused in a science content, history, math, ELA, or all of them combined. It helps us explore them at a deeper, deeper level. One of the things that we'll have students do here and that I've learned in my time at Renton Prep is we might give them a random, just draw a random line on a piece of paper. It's kind of a um, complete the drawing type idea and there's just maybe two or three lines on a paper. You show them, you show the students and you can do this at any level, pre-K through high school with adults and have the group identify what are the first things you see that you could draw within all of these with these lines and you write them all on the board and as soon as you've done that you say all right you're all going to use these lines draw a picture all of these things we have on the board have now been outlawed and what that does is it pushes you to think more originally beyond what first comes to your mind and it forces you to think more creatively than you would have when you first began. That translates into the other assignments and projects that we do in class as well because we push their, the goal is to push their thinking, go beyond what first comes to mind. How can you develop a new idea and that's where innovation happens, where students, well I could do it this way but what if I take my skills and knowledge about basketball and I explore that within this idea. And it gets them thinking at a higher level, deeper level, because they're connecting it to something else. And they're also more passionate about what they're doing because they've been able to tie it to something that they've thought of that's meaningful to them. And within the classroom, creativity helps us understand what we're doing at a higher level than if we just copied it from one place to another. Because if you're anything like me in school, whenever I translated one thing to another place, it is forgotten as soon as I've done it. But if I'm having to create something new with that information, then I'm much more likely to remember it. I still remember back to my first grade project on the coral reef because I had to design and develop something and do something new. I'm not remembering as much 
just the written assignments that I did. Those assignments are important and teach an important skill, but how can we bring in that creative element that gets us thinking deeper? The other side was obviously preparing. We want our students to be prepared for the future. And it's written across the internet. You hear it all the time of students are need to be prepared for jobs that don't exist yet. Um, students will remind you they can look up information on Google. So how do we prepare our students for that world where they're developing and designing? They're taking content and innovating with that content. And to be able to innovate, they need to be creative. And schools become a place that can foster that learning so that as they move out, whether they're solving that problem as a middle school student, a first grade student, a high schooler, or as they get into whatever workplace job that they have, they're going to need that creativity to design or just in deciding what they want to do with their life, what they want to study. How can they bring something they're passionate about and create a meaningful and paying job out of that so that they can do something that they're passionate about for their jobs, teaching them those skills. Well, you made a, a very strong argument for creativity in the classroom. I'm sold. <laughs> and so yeah. I, guess, I guess my question then is, how does Minecraft help increase uh, your students' creativity? I think in a couple ways. First, you have the game itself. So our first um, assignment we did this year was we had gone to Nathan Suela's Art of the Brick Lego art exhibit. And we had, um, it's our assignment we designed specifically to get them thinking about how all, how subjects are integrated and related with each other. So part of what they're looking for is a theme that they can connect to every subject area. So STEM, art, social studies, history, all of it. And then apply that and create something with it. So it's teaching that creativity on the level of seeing connections, but then also designing something that was new. So we were able to take, looking at what he did, which was very innovative, taking um, his childhood toy and one that many of us love, the Lego brick, and creating entire art pieces, which became an entire gallery that had a lot of meanings. So pulling a theme from one of the art pieces there and connecting it to each subject and then designing something in Minecraft that would become their own art piece as well. And that was our introduction both to how do we think creatively, but also how to use Minecraft for students that it was new to. And what Minecraft allowed them to do is it gave them complete freedom. Often we'll use um, recyclables and other different types of building materials in class to create projects, which is a great restraint. The advantage with Minecraft is you do have the restraint of using bricks, but they also have an infinite space and design of how they create that and how they figure out even how to use it since it was a starting tool. Some students are, you learn a lot about your students, dive in, I'm gonna figure this out as I go. Some already know about and help and teach others. Some like to have, they, I wanna figure out how to make a sphere in Minecraft for my art project. So I'm gonna do research on how do I make a sphere out of blocks. And other students, um, we had a student who asked if he could create the entirety of his project, so make all of his connections within Minecraft 
so he went beyond just having that art piece to designing he picked a greek sculpture as his art piece so he took greek mythology and designed an entire world where everything related back to that greek mythology yet still made the connections to science history and math all within that design so that was a way for him to share that out one of the ways that i see minecraft being used when we have different projects within it is it forces students to think in that three-dimensional level of I'm not limited to just this piece of paper. So I have all these different combinations. How do you use something that's so massive to create something specific? Our students right now are designing analogies of the heart to teach our third grade students. So they're taking, rather than just creating a 3D model of the heart, they have to create an analogy. So some students are relating it to a motorcycle to even a refrigerator, cars, um, parks, different systems, they're relating to the heart. And what it's doing is it's giving them a vehicle to really, just like in the sandbox, whatever you can imagine, they can create that within Minecraft and they can work collaboratively as well. Okay, can I ask a follow-up question? That's really fascinating. So your students are, your students are thinking about systems that are like a heart and then creating those systems and, and as an analogy. As an analogy. That's fascinating. And so then and then are they do they then have to explain how that system is like the system of the heart? Yeah, that's the next step. They have an audience being third grade students since our third graders learn about the heart. So how so at their level, they're needing to obviously think about the heart at a much more complex level than third grade. But because their audience is third grade, it forces them to really see, what do I understand? Am I going to be able to communicate this at a third grade level? So their goal is going to be to take their model to teach third graders how both blood and the electrical conductive system of the heart work together to pump blood into our circulatory system. Well, that's fascinating. So I think my next question is a good follow-up to, to all this. When you're talking about creativity, how do you, how do you uh, teach creativity? I, I understand that you have these projects in which creativity is embedded, but are there specific skills associated with creativity in your view that you attempt to uh, make visible to your students, through, particularly through the Minecraft work? Yeah, I think there's a couple that you can look to I think one you mentioned earlier and that is the ability to collaborate when you're working um, when you're working in a group and thinking of creativity um, within a group project I think being able to take those different pieces whether it's collaborating with your classmates or another being able to see how can I take these resources and make my own connections to take things further so that I'm not just merely copying another idea. Oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to do a direct copy, maybe slightly change something. But how can I take things that are seemingly different and make those connections? So I think guiding students um, both in their collaborations so they can work together, but leading into that next skill 
of looking for connections and looking for th how things are related so that they don't see everything that they learn in isolation so that they see how science or history led to whatever scientific content you're studying so that they see the connections in what subjects that they're doing. That was one of the goals of that first project I mentioned with Art of the Brick is being very purposeful and helping them see how are things related, but then giving them that opportunity and forcing them out of their comfort zone where you say, all right, these, your first ideas are outlawed. Now do something new. And so one of the things that I, I believe you focus on with your students in Minecraft is on storytelling. Is that correct? It is one of the things that we have done, yes. And I'm just wondering, how do you incorporate stories with, within Minecraft? It's a great question. Um, well, one of the ways storytelling is coming with some of the students in the heart is they're actually telling a story that shows the heart. So they're actually using storytelling to teach the science content. Some students have chosen to do that. Within telling a story in English, we had a group of students, we read The Alchemist, and one of their goals, and we also studied um, with our my eighth, ninth, and 10th graders, we were also learning to read um, higher level research articles and understanding different studies and how to read a study and understand it. So we studied game-based learning together so we better understood um, why would we be using games in education? We had played the game um, Journey on the PS3 as well. But their project after reading The Alchemist was to design a game, which they did within Minecraft, and they had to create a new story. So taking themes from the story we had read and applying different poems and other elements that we had discussed to tell a story that was also a game because we talked about the narrative that games tell us. It, what's, it's one of the things that help us enjoy different games is the narrative that is told. So the students created a world, typed the conflict and narrative story that went along with it, and then made the connections back to the different content we were starting. So the storytelling and the game became the tool that the students were able to use to create a visual and really identify how the story, what story they were going to tell. I'm imagining that um, professional game developers or anyone who's developing a game, that they probably need to engage in that path and, and that the story is, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the crux of the game in a way. Yeah, it really allows you to discuss different elements of storytelling because when you're writing, you want students to, you know, the classic show, don't tell. When they're also creating it as a game, they have to think about, well, what mood do I want? Even down to thinking about if I could choose what music was playing over this. As you went through the game, they designed that students um, could actually play through the game and see the narrative. If I got to choose the music, what music would I choose? How does changing the color of this building change the emotion and the mood of the person traveling through my narrative within my Minecraft story game that I've told? Totally fascinating. How do I bring that, then how do I transition that into writing? Right. Well, we're coming to the end of our time, and I wanted to bring us back to the initial points that you're making about the sandbox analogy and how you felt like <clears throat> that's an interesting analogy because for teachers who uh, might be new to Minecraft, 
um, a sandbox uh, could make sense to them and perhaps provide a, a, an important framework for understanding Minecraft. And I'm wondering, for those teachers who maybe have not been exposed to Minecraft or might be brand new to the game, is there any bit of advice that you would give to those teachers? I think the biggest advice you'll hear from many new Minecraft people, I started new with Minecraft last year, so I definitely understand um, where being at that point. And the best thing I did was ask my talk with my students. I went in the first day into school. I was teaching third grade last year and said I played Minecraft for the first time. Couldn't figure I drowned first and died and then I couldn't figure out what to do, so the creepers kept attacking me. What do I do? And every day they would give me a new challenge of what I should be doing next. And not only um, did it help me start learning the game, this was before we um, had it with our students, um, but it helped develop even an additional rapport with the students. And they are experts, and it is okay for them to be the experts. It's actually um, even really beneficial for them because it gives them the chance to get up and maybe they teach the class how to do something or show it. We had students go present at a conference and teach teachers about how to use Minecraft in the classroom, why should they use Minecraft in the classroom, and they gained even greater skills from that. So it's just the willingness to dive in, allow your students to be the teachers and to be the mentors within the classroom. Great. Thanks, Jess. It's a terrific place to end, and I really appreciate you taking time uh, to talk with us about Minecraft and creativity today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye.